I'm Arya Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we got different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. Rachel, welcome, and happy Monday night. How you doing? Happy Monday night. How are you guys? How are you, Arya? I'm good. I'm good. I am just, you know... There's a few teams that are on my mind that we got to talk about from the top of the hour, top of the half hour, whatever the, the saying is. First, the top of the league, the LA Sparks. They've been kind of, you know, doing some really good stuff, going on a nice win streak. They did have that, I'm just going to flat out say it, ugly loss to the Wings the other night, but they bounced back and destroyed the Liberty. What are your thoughts right now when I just say LA Sparks? What do you think? I, I think they're in my humble opinion, hands down at the, at the top of the league and for a reason. Um, I think just as a whole, the way they're playing, and I think before kind of the lull um, against the Wings, which I'll get to here in a second, um, had gone on a tear defensively where, you know, I mean, they, they were, I think they were given up, I think it was just over 73 a game. Um, and that was kind of triggered by uh, their previous loss back on June 7th to the Storm. Uh, where they kind of got routed and it was kind of ugly. It didn't even look like the Sparks team that we've kind of been used to seeing. So um, after they followed that game up with, you know, they went on a five-game winning streak, which was really just fueled by their defense. I mean, just playing tremendous on both ends of the floor. Um, but defensively is how they were getting it done. And and that's how they are going to get it done. Um, you know, you get you get now, you, you know, you're, you're headed into um, a game this past Friday against the Wings and, and – you know, they, they get routed 101 to 72, which I'm not sure anybody would have expected that. Did you expect that? <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely thought it was going to be a good game. Um, I think the Wings have a lot of similarities to Seattle and Connecticut. They're kind of three teams that I look at who are playing a new age style of basketball or at least have the skill set for it. Mm-hmm. And they have so much length. I mean, we were texting during uh, the Seattle-Dallas game that we'll talk about in a little bit. and. Both those teams are just so lanky. I mean, their arms can like reach all across the court without moving. You're right. You're right. And I think it frustrated them. Um, there's no doubt about that, that I think LA does struggle sometimes with length. Um, but the interesting thing about this game in particular against the Wings uh, was just like they shot completely out of their minds. I mean, I'm talking doing things that um, we know that the Wings are very, very talented. They're very streaky, though, um, and, and very almost inconsistent in many ways. Uh, but, you know, they, they shot close to well, 48% from the three-point line. They were 10 or 12 for 25 from the three-point line. And, and they are not a good three-point shooting team. You know, so they're shooting close to 50%. I mean, just, just out of their minds, uh, shoot 53% as a team on the game. I mean, so it was one of those games where it was like offensively for Dallas, everything's kind of going their way. Uh, Cambage did what she does. You know, she finished, um, you know, 20 points, nine of 10 shooting, which, I mean, she's just a force right now. She's a complete dominant force game changer, um, everything that the wings are doing. And so, um, I think I'm not too worried about that loss that the Sparks had against Dallas, against Dallas, primarily just because I think that is, um, I don't want to be too harsh <laughs> or critical of this, but but that is not um, the type of game that can that can consistently be played by Dallas or really anyone to shoot the ball that well consistently. I mean, it was just a um, just a tremendous offensive night for them. So you know they followed it up with a great 
performance against the Liberty where they pretty much routed them 80 to 54. And I think it's going to be a very interesting week moving forward. Now we've got another rematch with Dallas, um, which as you were kind of alluding to is um, both Dallas and Seattle this week, two teams that kind of frustrate the Sparks. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. Well, not I, I think maybe this is just me. When I see when a top team loses a game, I don't care if it's handedly or not handedly. Typically, I always bet on them going into the rematch of the next time they play, no matter how far down the road it is. Especially with the Sparks, who are a team that can get that 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 anger that that aggression out on the court. And Dallas was a physical team in that game. I mean, it was body blow, body blow, uppercut the whole game through. And then eventually, you know, the sparks dropped behind and you just kind of had to step back and say, okay, we have a little bit older of a team. We're not going to, you know, the game was out of hand at a certain point. So there's only so much you can do. But I definitely expect, I I mean, what's your take on this? I definitely expect sparks to come out swinging in this match. Yeah, I think it'll be, uh, we'll see a completely different game. Uh, I think we'll see a completely different outcome if I had to guess. Um, I think the interesting thing when you play Dallas, though, you, you and especially for a team like Sparks, they're so defensive-minded. Um, they will make adjustments and things will, but it may not be very many adjustments because I think the game plan was probably solid. It just so happens that Dallas played the way they played. You kind of have to decide what are you going to take away. You know, Cambage is going to do what she does, but you can't allow her to go off for 35. Um, so how are you going to defend the post? You know, are you going to double team? Um, are you going to kind of just try to, you know, play behind and push her out um, of the paint and, and, you know, make her shoot tough shots over you, which I'm not sure if anybody wants to do that. Um, or, do, you know, do you kind of do what um, L.A. did last time, which was just kind of live and die with them um, missing contested outside shots? So I don't know that you'll, you'll even see much of a difference when it comes to their game plan now that I think about it, because uh, you just can't allow Cambage to have um, a heyday inside. now. She's playing so well right now, and teams are throwing the entire you know kitchen sink at her um, just to try to slow her down. Um, and but that's a testament to what Dallas has and and what they can do. How much she impacts a game, um, just you know from an opponent standpoint, you really have to be strategic in that game plan. You really have to kind of pick your poison. Do you let her go off? Um, how do you defend the post? How do you defend? You know her playing. You know she's going to get a touch in the post every single time. Um, how do you defend that backside dive? How do you defend um, you know that kick out to that opposite uh, weak side shooter if you're going to double? You know it's it's a lot of different things you're going to kind of have to look at there. But um, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think LA will come out swinging. I think um, their defense will be ramped up and they'll be highly motivated for this one, especially with such a quick turnaround. They're just playing each other four days later. Yeah, and I, I mean, you touched on this before. Dal- you can't expect Dallas to be shooting 48 50% from three, and LA only to be shooting 20%. That, that's just ridiculous. Um, also, something that has constantly been kind of the Achilles heel of Dallas, I mean, sorry, of LA, many would speak of, is their rebounding. Now, I often I don't think it's as important as even people like me make it seem to be, when it when it was the Lynx Sparks in the finals, rebounding was something that was so important in, you know, can we call it, we got to think of a cool name like World War One and World War Two. That's horrible. But you know what I mean? Like the what what was Rocky versus Apollo Creed one and two called? Because that's what we're going to call this. 
Um, but but that's what was such a, a focal point because you have these two perfect teams. I mean, I'm just looking at the rebounds. Dallas did dominate LA, but that hasn't been such an important thing. For me, it's much more a a question of which Candace Parker is LA getting. When Candace Parker takes it to that Candace Parker level and sees the game as a challenge and sees her one-on-one matchup as a challenge or the fact that this team beat her before as a challenge, it goes beyond what I was speaking about earlier as a team trying to get back at another team. It's personal at that point, and that's when Candace Parker is at her best, which is why if you're a betting person, I'm just saying this now, put a lot of money in on, on L.A. I think so, and I think you look at Candace Parker's performance just in that their last meeting uh, about you know four days ago, whatever that was. You know, she finished with nine points, six rebounds, six assists. I mean, that's you know it, that that that's that's a decent game um, in a lot of players' minds. But is that a Candace Parker uh, MVP type game? No. So um, I would be excited to see how she responds to that. And I think another thing you've got to know, you know, LA is so their offense is fueled by their defense and when they are stagnant offensively um, and, the, and and Brian Agler has talked about this before, not necessarily um, games they've struggled in. They have not done a good job of reading what their defense is giving them. Um, and that's something that they really um, have worked on. And I think it's gotten a lot better. Okay. We'll continue to get better. Um, but especially with that mentality of one, letting their offense be fueled by their defense, playing in a transition, getting it up the floor, um, doing what they do, getting points in the paint is very important to them. Um, high percentage shots where they're sharing the basketball, Neck is doing what she does, you know, um, you know, p- p- pay attention to the shot selection that LA plays with on this game. And, and that is very much altered by a presence like Liz, Liz Cambage as well. Um, so it's an interesting matchup. I think she poses a lot of problems just from a matchup standpoint for LA, especially for the way they want to play, getting the ball inside, lots of cuts, lots, lots of reads. Um, but b- back to your point originally, you know, I, yeah, Candace Parker, I do not be surprised if, if she completely responds a different way from this matchup. Moving on to another team that's kind of captured some eyes this week, the Minnesota Lynx, a team that, you know, Struggled in the beginning, and I might have been the first to call out the uh, the search party for the Minnesota Lynx, and 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 started the 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 worry movement, if you will. But I have to say, and I'm not one to admit when I'm wrong, so take this with like understand how much this hurts for me to say. Um, I'm starting to see what the wiser Cheryl Reeve had in mind. Now, my biggest criticism of this team has been that D Rob can't fill the shoes because she has speed, but when she's trying to be a scorer and a speedster, that's just too much on her plate at this point. And especially with the style of this offense, she needs to be somebody who, when she comes in, she picks up the pace, she moves the ball around, she draws some defense into motion and just maybe if it's one foot here, one foot there, that somebody, you know, twit gets some bad footwork just because they see that that speedster coming with that green and blue streak, streak down the hair coming down, you know, maybe they tweak a little bit and then she can kick it to someone else. It gives a little bit better for, you know, the stars of the team to move. Because to me, it's not necessarily just about the bench play. It's the bench play coming into the starters. You know, do they have a player who can really come into the lineup 
when let's say Money Mo needs a little bit of a break, Simone Augustus. So let's say Maya Moore needs a little bit of a break. You know, they need somebody who can really do that and in a stretch could also play the four. Zandalassini, as I'm calling her, Zandi. Zandi, who is somebody who came in young, is the face of Italian basketball. I know you got your eyes on overseas ball, so I'm going to shut up and let you talk about her for a little bit. But I am just blown away in the past couple day games. When Reeve was in D.C., I spoke to her about this, and she said Zandi's defense has set her up to get more minutes, which has caused her to be more comfortable, which translates to positives on the offensive side. Could you talk to me just a little bit about what she not only could bring to the Lynx, but just to a game in general? Yeah, so my take on Zanna Lassini, and, and she's an interesting player, and I think we're starting to see her really begin to hopefully come into her own, as you kind of said, Coach Reeve, talk about with getting a little bit more minutes and, and kind of getting a little bit more confidence. And I think, well, one, that's what Minnesota needs, and two, that's what we're kind of starting to see here. Uh, minutes have gone up. She's now playing close to, you know, around 13, 13 and a half minutes a game, bringing in around five points a game. Um, and that is something, you know, in just her young career, didn't even like come close to that last year, right? So it takes time, as anyone um, would argue in that scenario. But interesting fact about Zanalassini, you know, so this is a player here who has played at the highest levels of competition when it comes to Eurobasket ball. Um, and she's a flat-out scorer. I mean, and she can score it in multiple different ways. This is not someone that you can kind of pigeonhole into like one position. Oh, hey, yeah, she's a, you know, she's an off guard or she's a she's a three. Um, it's kind of that positionless basketball type of hybrid player that the game has evolving into, and that is what Zandalasini um, does. Uh, she's very comfortable doing. It's very it's what she's natural doing. That's the way European basketball is. But she's a flat-out scorer. Um, I mean, I'm talking. She's averaged anywhere from, you know, close to a double double um, in last year alone overseas, you know, averaging close to 20 and 10 in Czech Republic. And uh, years before that, it, 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 you know, has dropped, had games where she scored over like 35. So um, this is a player who, who knows how to, uh, she's very smart. Um, she's played at a high level. She's played with a lot of these players, even just in her young career. Um, but she can play multiple positions. And I just think we're seeing kind of a breakthrough um, with, I think what she's capable of doing um, and it's, it's only going to continue in my opinion. She's going to continue to get more confidence. She's going to continue to develop. We're going to see minutes increase. And I think it's just been probably difficult for her to kind of figure out her role amongst this extremely veteran talented um, team. You know, who does she go in for? She, does she, can she go in for Maya? Can she go in uh, for, for Augustus? You know, she, she can, she can play multiple positions and that's the beauty of it. Um, but what the Lynx need is, like you were talking about, that bench production, someone who can come in and make that difference. And we're starting to see that. And that has been, a, in large part, um, why they have had success in these last four games and are on this win streak. Well, it's a nice win streak. It started off against the Mystics on, on the 7th. Um, and that's not an easy matchup. Sorry. <laughs> Correction. Got a little bit ahead of myself because they lost to the Sun immediately following that. Yeah, I know. That would have been a much better win streak. Well, I'm sure they would have ha liked to have that win streak. It started It started uh, with the New York Liberty on the 16th with a nice win. And we'll get into this eventually. There's a lot of question marks with the Liberty. I think we're kind of buying our time so we don't have to uh, bite our tongue because as of now, I don't think either of us are 
quite impressed by the New York Liberty, and I don't want to say I told you so, but when at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the preseason, um, when I announced my picks of who's not going to make the playoffs, and I said Liberty, I was getting so much crap for it. Excuse my French. Um, you know, it it like everyone thought I was talking about the sky falling in just because of you know every other team in this league, in my opinion, did a lot to get better. Now, obviously, there's things I've said this a billion times and broken record. There's things that they couldn't control, but they did not do things to the roster to make themselves better, and it shows. And this team is kind of, you know, stuck uh, floating by in the wake of everybody else. But back to Minnesota. A big win against the Liberty, then I think they they took it to that next level playing Dallas. We've talked about Dallas not really being there consistently, but that was a nice game, you know, 93-83. Then they take on the Mercury and end the Mercury's win streak. I'm not even going to talk about the Aces game. What do you think that that Mercury win does moving forward? They've got kind of a hard streak coming forward. They got the Storm, which, uh, you know, have been taking care of some giants, i.e. the the L.A. Sparks. What what do you think about the few next games for Minnesota? Well, I think going back to just the win over Phoenix, I think that had to do a lot for confidence. Not that the Lynx were lacking any confidence, in, in my opinion. I don't think they probably were. Um, I'm probably the opposite of you in terms of um, not being on the worry train when it comes to the links. Um, and I think it's kind of showing a little bit. Now we're getting a little bit deeper into the season. Things just you know are clicking a little bit. But you have to admit that you know a team that had a dominant team who kind of had the start that they had, now you're kind of going on a little bit of a run. And now you, you, you go up against a team like Phoenix, who has been playing out of their minds lately. Um, head especially headed into this game and you know you've got you've got like four people in double figures you play extremely well you beat them that's a that's a nice little feather in your cap and that is a a nice win you know really to especially in Phoenix um, to kind of propel yourself and give yourself some confidence moving forward like all right you know we're we're legit now um, you know we're here maybe we're clicking a little bit we've we've got some confidence maybe if any if any of that was struggling you know I think that helps but you're right. You know, they, they turn around, they face the aces, which is not an easy test. You know, the aces are an interesting team and I don't want to get into it too much. I think we could save that maybe for later in the week, but the aces are, are capable of making some noise and um, can really frustrate people. But yeah, this is a, a big test coming up with Seattle going to Minnesota um, on Tuesday. And that's going to be a good, that's going to be a big one for them. Um, I think they're really going to be tested in terms of kind of where do they measure up right now in the top of that league, you know, amongst the the storm and LA and link, like where does the links kind of fall in that the game is at home. They're, they're playing well right now. Uh, for me, that is the most exciting game um, that we're going to see on Tuesday. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's the top of my list. I mean, well, gee, Rachel, we were going to save that. For like in like six minutes, <laughs> I but I guess I, I guess we'll it. get into that now, and then we'll do the uh, the hot topics after. Um, yeah, so games on on Tuesday, probably today for most of our listeners, the game that I'm so excited for is Link Storm. Um, I mean, there's three games that are really sticking out to me that I'll add: Sun Mystics. I'll be there live. If anybody's there wants to say hi, and then L.A. Sparks versus Dallas in that rematch. I mean, I think those three games are must see tv and it's really frustrating that i'm gonna have to you know miss a little bit of some of them just because i'm at the game but those are those are three i mean those are six teams that are that in my book are all playoff teams and and in this season championship contenders 
I agree. And, and those three games in particular, I'm not trying to knock, you know, Phoenix, New York at all, but um, those three are extremely um, going to be, they're very competitive and they're going to be very telling, um, especially the Seattle, Minnesota game, because Minnesota now you're like, man, all right, well, like, are they for real? Are they, are they back? What, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going to be a great gauge as to where they stand really in the top of the league, but back, you know, bringing it up, um, Connecticut and Washington, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with that one as well. Um, because just the extremity of how these games have gone so far this season, you had Connecticut with the blowout the first game, and then you had Washington blowing the sun out in the second game and the sun come back and, and, you know, barely take it away. But Elena Deladon like has the game of her life. Uh, we've talked about that in previous podcasts, you know, until the cows come home. Um, so that's always a great matchup between those two, um, if they Just don't score a ton of points, I'm going to be so mad that the one time I get to be, because I couldn't be there at the other game in D.C., I'll be so pissed. Oh, I think there'll be a lot of points scored. I mean, <laughs> obviously. I mean, in my opinion, just looking at the numbers, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of points uh, being scored. But, I mean, now that I say that, it'll be like the most boring game in history. But, 25-24. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that'll be a great game. I think it will be a great um, just kind of measure between those two. We've seen just some really crazy game, crazy outlandish games. Uh, these first two meetings, this will be kind of in my mind like a tiebreaker. Like, all right, well, let's level out and let's just kind of like play, you know, that that third game and kind of like where, where do these teams really fall in line with each other? Um, and like you said, Dallas and, and L, um, L.A., that's that's a great matchup because I do think that the Wings, uh, their length, their athleticism, especially their presence inside, really frustrates L.A. So and a quick turnaround just playing each other four days ago, that one's going to be interesting. So some big-time basketball on tonight. Um, Answer me this. If – all right. Dallas just lost to Seattle in a heartbreak. Sparks win, but have that taste of anger from the last game against Dallas, and we know Agler's very series-based. Who's going to be coming out with more fire, Dallas or L.A.? Well, I don't know if you heard or read kind of the uh, – it was a comment that Skylar Diggins-Smith had made. Did you see that? Uh, which one? She, she just, in the locker room after the game, she, she was just like, pardon my French, you know, we, we got our ass kicked and, uh, I w- she really like was just pretty blunt about it. And, and you could tell she was very frustrated, um, that that game really, you know, it, it was anyone's game for the taking and, uh, Dallas really against Seattle, just, just like laid an egg the final eight minutes, just what was really 22 0 run 22 0 run. Um, there are, Dallas's offense was very stagnant. Um, it had some really really bad turnovers uh, that, that Seattle really capitalized on and just went on that run. It's it's just, it almost like they kind of froze up. Uh, they did a good job. I mean, they got the ball inside to Cambage. I don't know that she was um, working for the deepest position or the greatest position credit to Seattle for kind of pushing her out. Uh, but she, you know, she, she was, they, they were getting the ball inside her and, but, you know, she would try to hit the dive and it would, she'd turn it over or uh, they'd get it into her and she'd try to skip it to the opposite side for a three and, and like, they try to dribble penetrate and take some off balance shot. It was just very choppy, stagnant offense, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, and just some bad turnovers. And and then they they I mean, they didn't guard anybody. You've got you've got to guard somebody, you've got to get stops in that fourth quarter, and they didn't. So Skylar Diggins Smith was very frustrated. I mean, you could tell she was pissed, you know, after the game with some of the comments that I read. And so I think Dallas, um, their mentality, especially with her being kind of their their leader, um, has a serious chip on their shoulder. Um, 
But at the same time, LA probably does too with them um, losing to them just four days ago. So this is going to be a really highly intense <laughs> uh, matchup between the two. Uh, but I would probably say um, LA just just from a head-to-head rematch perspective will have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder in this in this game t- tomorrow. I hear you. And j- just to talk real quick about that Seattle-Dallas game, at, at the 7 minute and 43 second mark, it was Seattle 72, Dallas 71. The final score was 97-76. Yeah, it, it got out of hand very quickly. Um, it was like, and even and it, even with like around like five five and a half minutes to go, it was it was still like what like under ten. You know, you weren't it wasn't like out of control. But then after that, it just like blew up, um, and it was just a complete meltdown from the wing standpoint. Um, you know, you put together you know a pretty competitive thirty eight minutes of a game and, and then you just completely fall apart those last eight. I mean, it just shows you how quickly these things can, can get out of hand. Um, and, and I watched, I mean, I went back and watched it last night because I was like, what happened? Um, I watched it live and I went back and I just wanted to watch that fourth quarter in particular to see what was the breakdown. And it was just a lack of defense. Um, Seattle just completely outplayed them in every as- every aspect of the game, but offensively they were stagnant and just, I mean, just just really bad shot selection, and and I completely understand why she's pissed off. <laughs> well, could you answer something for me? Uh, I I just want your take on this. Not even answer me this, but just give me your your opinion. The whole game, I'm watching it. Everyone's going on and on about you know Liz is going off, Liz is going off. What a great game, and it was a great game. But I mean, just looking at the stat line, I know stat line doesn't say it all, but I, I mean, this one to me kind of does. Cambage twenty three. Skyler with 10, Alicia Gray with 12, and then, yeah, two people with nine. But, like, for me, the whole game, it was Cambage, Cambage, Cambage. She was on fire. No one could stop her. But then nobody else stepped up when Cambage would go to the bench for a little bit of a breather. Nobody else could step up. Do you think, like, it, it got to a point where Cambage just couldn't do anything more because she had been carrying the team for so long, or was it more? I think she does run out of gas a little bit, um, in particular, I mean, if we're just talking about this one game, um, that's what it seemed like to me. Um, she's such a presence and she takes such a beating for, well, she, she's averaging, you know, around 31 minutes a game, which that's a lot. Um, and, and she's got people hanging on her, people in front of her, people behind her. She's playing out of double teams. I mean, she is taking a physical beating every single night, um, more so than probably arguably anyone else in this league. So I do think that it gets very difficult for her. I do think it can get very frustrating for her. Um, but just for what to kind of what you said, yeah, she was dominant in the first quarter or first half. She was, you know, making plays. She was burying people like, like completely under the rim would bury them. And, and like you get in that position, you're, you know, you've got her size and her strength. It's game over. Um, but you didn't see her doing that in the fourth quarter. Uh, she would post up and she'd be close up to, you know, the free throw line. Um, or maybe, you know, half a step below that. And that's where teams want her to catch the ball, especially late in a game like that. Um, she's not getting deep position. The, off- the offense isn't being patient enough to get her deep position. And you ha- you can only do that by working the ball at least maybe one one or two times on the floor. Uh, they, you know, they did a little bit with her going out there and setting screens and kind of playing on the ball a little bit. But the fourth quarter was just, they weren't getting any action out of it. Um, and so I think what you saw was she was probably um, running out of gas in terms of just her ability to sit down and bury someone. 
um, and finish. She struggled to finish more. She only got, I want to say, maybe four shot attempts in that in that fourth quarter. Don't quote me on it. Um, no, not even like four shot attempts the whole second half. Um, wow. That's I don't know how how you have such a difference from the first half to the second half. Um, but you know, she, she, they want their offense to go through her. So every time down the floor, she's getting a touch, but when she's getting a touch late in the game and everyone's standing, like it, it's, it doesn't serve a purpose. There has to be some type of dive. There has to be a kick out. I mean, she plays extremely well out of a trap. Um, probably one of the best in the league with her size and her strength. She's very poised with it. She can get the ball where it needs to go. Um, uh, but what was happening when she got it there, was was not good, you know. Like you said, that's someone else needing to step up down the stretch, um, hit a big time shot, be able to to you know penetrate and, and finish at the rim or, or mid range pull up something. Somebody's got to be able to knock down some shots outside of her down the stretch because she wasn't able to do it in that fourth quarter for whatever reason. Um, and it just, um, I think across the board, they just looked like they completely ran out of gas. Yeah, well, it sucks for me because I've been all about you know the Skylar Diggins Smith should be included in the MVP talk and she just made me look like a fool yesterday two yeah. days ago so. and, and she had she had some shots down the stretch that I'm sure she wish uh, would have gone on, gone in and, and she has been playing at a high level but I, I don't think that's enough too you know there were some other shots by some other key players in there that that like someone's got to step up you can't just throw it into Cambage every single time and just think she's gonna carry the team on her shoulders especially in the fourth quarter so um, I just think offensively they they needed to be way more fluid. Um, it just got very, very choppy, very stagnant, very ugly, very quickly. And I mean, we, and we're talking about offense here, but like you've got to defend. You know, you've you've got to be able to find a way to stop Stewart from going off and having, you know, like eight straight points in the fourth quarter. You've got to find a way to sit down and defend somebody, and they weren't doing that at, at all. I mean, you're you're putting it nicely. Um, <laughs> Okay, I got two questions for you, and I want rapid fire, kind of like you, they used to do back at camp. I say this, this to you, and you just give me the first thing that pops into your mind. Plum, co- Plum's comment about the links, are they old, right or wrong? Is it bad? Is it good? It's not bad. It's it, People are very sensitive, and it, it's, it's not bad. Um, I think we just got to laugh at it. Um, she didn't mean any harm by it. Um, I, you know, she apologized, whatever. It, it, Whatever. Next question. All right. Cool. <laughs> Next question. Dolson versus Griner. Griner lays the smackdown. Literally. Literally the smackdown. Uh, would you? You're the ref. Would you eject? What's your feelings? Okay, I have very strict feelings on this. Uh, Griner was completely unnecessary. Um, everyone was talking about an elbow. What? She literally got smacked in the face. Um, so that was wrong. Dolson definitely, I'm sure it didn't feel good, but might have been on the floppier side of things, a little bit dramatic there. Um, definitely should have been called out, definitely should have been teed up, did not need to be ejected. Boom. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm Aria Schwartz with my co-host Rachel Galligan. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, different topics important to the W, X's and O's, along with key stats, and we're not afraid to speak our mind.